Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. Just days after former Yorkshire cricketer Azim Rafiq made allegations of racism which he experienced in the sport, it looks like action is being taken. A game-wide meeting was held today among leaders in the sport to discuss stamping out racism. On Tuesday, Azim made an emotional speech to the Digital Culture, Media and Sports Select Committee describing racism he experienced during his time at Yorkshire County Cricket Club. Speaking to that same committee, Sports Minister Nigel Huddleston said yesterday action needs to be taken quickly. We've got to the point with cricket of requiring a fan-led review because it was pretty consistently shown that football couldn't get its acts together by itself on its own of its own volition. If we're in that situation with cricket and to say the clock's ticking on this, then um, we might well go down that route as well. It's led to several people in the sport resigning, the latest being Australia Test cricket captain Tim Payne, who's announced he's stepping down from the role over some texts he sent to a colleague back in 2017. On reflection, my actions in 2017 do not meet the standard of an Australian cricket captain or the wider community. I'm deeply sorry for the hurt and pain that I've caused to my wife, my family and to the other party. I'm sorry for any damage that this does to the reputation of our sport and I believe that it is the right decision for me to stand down as captain effective immediately. But what is next for the sport and how can cricket overcome racism? Steve Goodsell is from the charity Show Racism the Red Card, which provides education for people in all sports. So, Steve, first of all, what was your reaction to Azim's racism allegations this week? The immediate response was one of shock and concern for Azim and also colleagues of his and his family who had clearly suffered terrible trauma because of the alleged instances of racism. We also felt relief, actually, that it's finally been exposed, that uh, the racism that's been taking place within cricket itself, because for years we've been talking about racism within football, which is well documented. But cricket has always kind of hidden itself behind closed doors. So it was refreshing to, to hear that it's finally been discussed Obviously, very painful for those involved, but it's something that needed to happen. Now, this case has gained quite a lot of attention in the sport and in the media. Can you give us an idea of how significant this is for cricket and sport in general? Well, when we heard the the allegations in the first instance, we knew that this was a sea change. It was a lightning rod moment, I think you'd call it, for cricket. And not just cricket, but society, because... When you look at football, football is, is not the cause of racism. Society is where racism is occurring, but it's just manifesting itself and showing itself in different areas. So we, we felt it was um, a, a really pivotal moment in terms of dealing with racism in, in this country. So 
we welcome the dialogue now that's going to happen increasingly, and it's happening in boardrooms up and down the length and breadth of the country right now, I'm sure. Sadly, one of the influences is uh, to protect the name of organizations and protect sponsors. I'm sure that's in the minds of many, but ultimately it can only lead to good. This does seem to have prompted people at the top of the sport to take action against racism. Are you confident they will take the right action needed? Well, if it wasn't for the fact that the eyes of the world were upon them, then no, I wouldn't be confident or we wouldn't be confident. But that's changed now. They have to be really transparent and open to uh, working to change the culture within cricket. Now, that's going to take a long time. You, you can't change culture overnight. It's going to take a long, long time. But they have to start somewhere. And this, this is the starting point, really. There's been lip service played to tackling racism within the sport over the years. And indeed, they had a diversities officer at Yorkshire for many years, but nothing was really done, was it? It was hidden because they didn't want to besmirch the good name of the people that were allegations were being made about and also the name of the, the club. So that's pretty common within not just sport, but business as well. But the eyes of the world are upon them, as, as I said. So you've got government intervention now. So they can't turn back. There will be change. So what do you think is needed to get some form of tangible result in stamping out racism? Well, the organisations themselves need to look at the, the makeup of their organisation, who is making the, the, the decisions. And this doesn't mean necessarily that people have to leave or there's been a few high profile resignations recently. We're not calling for that. But where people have quite clearly been negligent in their duty of care to their employees. Let's not forget that cricketers are employees of their, their clubs. And if the people in charge are negligent and have not been paying full care to, the, to their employees and allegations and not dealing them the right way, then yeah, then maybe they should resign. But we're not, we're not calling for that. With the MCC, they've done their internal evaluations. They've put things in place. They've put a board in place to look at racism and discrimination. And that's not to say they've got a, an issue, but it's making sure that they're safeguarding their employees, they're safeguarding their members, they're safeguarding their customers, and that's to be applauded. But they're not just doing that. They're reaching out to have training, to have questions asked of them, and to, to look at some of the issues around what's known as microaggressions, how we can, we can actually be racist or discriminatory towards someone without making it really blatant. We can still do that. And that's been shown in the incidences that were referred to at the DCMS hearing where a person's name is not used correctly or not used at all because it's a foreign name or a foreign sounding name. There have been some suggestions that an independent regulator is needed for racism in the sport. What are your thoughts on that? I think as an organisation, we'd say that that's a positive move. Shouldn't really need to do that because... You, you know, you would you would hope that the organisations would do that themselves, but they've obviously proven that they really can't be relied upon to do that at all. So it is necessary. But I come back to the point that without education, without having those conversations, without unpicking the reasons behind the, the racism, and there'll be loads of things that haven't been reported, that haven't been disclosed. We don't want anyone thinking, I don't want to play for my country. I don't... We don't want anyone to have their dreams of representing their country destroyed like they were for, for many young black boys and girls who suffered because of the racism directed at the three English black players because they simply missed penalties in a tournament. And 
some of those young black boys and girls would have suffered that when they were playing football in the playgrounds and on playing fields in the weeks that followed that. It does affect our children and these things can affect how they grow up and how they see the world. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Monday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.